Relatable Mainstream Life Improvements. It's all about how you play the game. The game of life. Are you playing it with a growth mindset? Are you playing it to learn and adapt and be happy and peaceful and be in service to life? I found that those are keys. And in a sense, when we look at how we play this game of life from the basics, we can, in a very relatable way, improve ourselves incrementally. So let's start things off with the very root which is clean air, water, food, shelter. And this is why the Sustainable Development Goals have such a deep focus on this. So, if you're struggling with clean air, go where there is clean air. And it can be difficult to do things like leave behind the environments that have a contaminated water system to look for where there is clean, available water. But we must make these transitions in order for us to experience the deeper essences of life that are beyond the fundamental root needs. And as time goes on, we will also provide more efficiently clean water to people around the world. Food is another one. If you lack a source of food nearby, go to where there is that extra food. Go to where food is more plentiful. Go to where food is more healthy. Because that daily source of nourishment is what's going to enable, again, all of these deeper possibilities and essences to open up. Same thing with shelter as well to go where shelter is as much of a human right as possible where clean air water food shelter are as much in abundance and human rights as possible and now set this root level foundation which will then enable the flower to more swiftly, frictionlessly blossom and to explore these next possibilities. And this is also a good thing if you do have access to clean air, water, food, shelter, these basic needs at the root level, to do your best to also 
bring other people into these communities and environments that don't necessarily have access to it in their local areas to bring them in to that abundance as much as we can. Next is electricity, computers, phones, education, communication. So once these root level basic needs are met, the next thing that's so mission critical is do you have the technology that enables communication and education? Because the thing is, especially now in the modern day, is that your ability to learn anything you want, even the alphabet and language at the earliest stages, all the way to the complexities of biology and the interior workings of a cell are available for free on the internet. And so having electricity and then having computers, phones for education communication is so critical for being able to unlock these next possibilities. You can begin asking yourself what am i interested in beyond the fundamentals of the alphabet and language and basic math and basic reading and writing and communication skills and science and history and spirituality that Gaining access to the computer and internet is right there at this root level mission critical. So one of the things that we can do to improve the lives of people at this level is to help them get familiar with computers and the internet and how they can leverage it for whatever they would like to learn and however they would like to improve their lives using technology. It's so profound. So that's a massive component to this is that educational process around using computers and the internet and around leveraging them for communication. So the next thing is family and with family, some of the core things to check into are what is the size of my family, the health of my family, how close am I in proximity to my family, and what is my general level of involvement with my family. And so you may have both a mom and a dad, you may have some brothers and sisters, you may only be raised by one parent, you may be an only child. You may have familial conditions where the health of certain members is deteriorating, where there might be a lot of anger or a lot of frustration or a lot of anxiety building in the relationships with family members, or it might be really healthy and really happy and really peaceful. And so this is where the idea of also proximity and involvement comes into place is that 
Well, at what age are you feeling like it's appropriate for you to potentially leave in proximity? So if you're born in a smaller town and you f- you're feeling called to explore new possibilities and you want to move to a metropolis, you may be a thousand or 2000 kilometers away from your family. And you may be much less involved with them. And so this also creates a deep question inside, which is, well, did I come to earth? Was I birthed here for being involved deeply with my family? And for many of us, the answer to that question is no. Because we came and were birthed for specific lessons and experiences that we typically find in these metros. We typically find by meeting new people. And this is typically what people call their brothers or their sisters. Is all these new people that they meet that they feel a really strong resonance with. And so this is really important for life improvements is to recognize and create a balance with the amount of proximity and involvement we have with our nuclear family versus with all of these other new friends and people that we end up creating with and what they can teach us and what we can teach them in those relationships. Much of the time we find our, our mentors, especially within this category of people that are a couple decades older than us and we ask them these questions about life and they help answer these questions in ways that our family members are typically very biased around answering and so we want to expose ourselves to these sages that have already accrued these decades of wisdom. And so we need to be very swift with finding who these people are at the youngest age as possible. And so this plays into these next couple points, which is that to identify what your North Star, what your blueprint, what your calling is, what excites you the most. And this is not just a career. So this isn't just nine to five work. But this is deeper than that. This is internally and in your heart, in your gut, in your mind. What does it feel like you're here to do? What did you come to earth to learn? How did you come to express yourself here? And so what is that North Star? What are you blueprinted for as this divine aim that you can organize your life around? And so that's typically around your highest excitement and your highest resonance. And typically we don't associate the word career with this. This is your entire purpose, your entire life orientation. So... Are you here to build really good software? Are you here to make really profound art? Are you here to open a local business in your community? 
Are you here to be a really good father or mother to some children? And so there's this wide buffet of options for what is this North Star, this blueprint, this calling, because it can be impacting millions of people, but it can also be just impacting a couple people in your community. And all of those options are on the color wheel of possibility in this buffet of possibility. And so feeling into what you're here to learn and experience and express is very, very important. And to align your life around that. So the life is not just scattered, but instead the life is very aligned. Your life becomes very aligned. And so this is also where finding good friends and collaborators to create with comes in play. Because as you look around for these collaborators, we mentioned mentors as one of them earlier, you'll also find, as we said earlier, brotherhood, sisterhood, these really close friends. And so what is a good mechanism to determine what is a good friend? And so typically you could say that they want the best for you and you want the best for them. And that you're constantly playing with each other around how to help one another execute these North Stars, these biggest goals. You're just checking in with each other about how to help one another. Maybe there's something deep that you need to process around your, around maybe moving from your hometown to a new area and your friend can help you with that process. So these are what good friends are. They want the best for you. You want the best for them and you constantly play with each other on that. Whereas very static or stagnant friendships are ones that don't necessarily motivate each other too much. They're very complacent. And sometimes you can spark those friendships, but many times they're, those people are very much blueprinted for what they're doing. And so you can sometimes do your best to try and be a catalyst, a spark, but many times it's important to know when to move on to new friends, to move on to new mentors, to move on to new frontiers, to move on to new collaborators to create with. This is a great question to ask yourself is what do you look for in a co-founder of a project? What do you look for in people that you build with or create with? Are you looking for people that you can trust very intimately? People that are responsible, people that are accountable, people that are well-skilled. So these are good characteristics to look for in collaborators that you want to create with. Another mainstream life improvement is productivity hacks. And so if you haven't already started using software, 
these best technologies, I would highly recommend doing that. For example, as you see here, this is Evernote, which is software that I use for note taking. It's incredible software for it. And it enables me to more easily be able to journal and organize my ideas and execute them and create notes for many different topics of life. It's a big productivity hack. And so is simple things like Google Calendar. When you create events with people, you say that you're gonna call someone at two o'clock on Tuesday, do you put it in your calendar? Do you send them a calendar invitation? And when you organize your life this way, it makes it so that you show up more as accountable. You show up more as responsible. You show up more as someone that other people want to play with, that they want to create with, that people want you to be their co-founder. And so over time, you want to show up more and more in the world as somebody that is responsible and accountable and is a good creator to collaborate with. So use these best technologies as productivity hacks and figure out what those best technologies are for you. EQ means emotional quotient. So when you talk to other people, do you know how to empathize? Do you know how to ask them good questions about themselves? Do you know how to genuinely lovingly listen to them? Do you know how to give nonverbal communication? Do you know how to ask good follow-up questions? Do you know how to come from a place of service, of serving them? Because when you build a high amount of emotional quotient, emotional intelligence, all of your relationships with your family, your friends, your mentors, people you create with, even people online, all those relationships increase in quality because you've learned how to optimize the dynamic of when two people get into contact with each other. Whereas those that are not as emotionally intelligent or don't have as much of an emotional quotient will come from a place of wanting to always extract things when they're in a relationship with another person. When they enter into a dynamic of conversation with somebody, they'll be wondering, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? And so ultimately, the emotional quotient harmonizes when you meet the right people, you equally ask each other good questions, show each other genuine love and interest in exploring. It's a very important productivity hack. So is 10 ideas per day. So for example, if you feel like you want to increase your creativity, one of the best ways to do that is this 10 ideas per day. So just set a little timer for 10 minutes and open up a note. And for 10 minutes, write down 10 really good ideas. 
and they could be just a sentence or you could maybe write about it for a paragraph. But the thing is, is that wherever you look on a daily basis to be working this muscle of creativity. And when you do that, the more and more you practice, the more you come from a place of desiring to improve life for yourself and for everyone else. And so this is a really good productivity hack, is this 10 ideas per day. It's great for creativity. And this last one around studying using the power law. The power law is simply put that when you study a field, like for example, biology, you can obtain 80% of the most profound revelations in biology by studying just 20% of the information in biology. So for example, in biology, you would want to learn about the cell, the fundamental unit. You would also want to learn about DNA. You would want to learn about proteins. And so this is the general, all of the kingdoms of biology. And so you would want to study the 20% of biology that's going to give you 80% of the revelations. And similarly with computer science or with spirituality or whatever you're studying is identify what the top 20% of the most profound things you can learn from those fields. So that way you can get 80% of the profound revelations from the shortest amount of time investment. This is very important. Another way to think about this is parsing for signal. This is a great fast way to improve your life in a very relatable way is when you look at something, think about not only how you can creatively improve it, but also think about when I care about studying something, how do I extract the essence from what I care about studying? The essence. How do I distill out the most important understandings of these fields? So perpetually check in with yourself about that. That's a really good way to improve your life quickly is to focus more on the signal, as much on the signal as you can. Just like with the North Star, the blueprint, the calling is to focus more of your time and energy and effort on that divine aim. Just like with this field, you want to focus more of your time, energy and effort on the core learnings from that field. So those are some productivity hacks. And then another one's exploring romantic relationships. When we do this, it's important to come from a place of already being whole. So instead of wanting a romantic relationship because you feel a void, you want a romantic relationship for an exploration because you feel like you can serve them and they can serve you really well. Not only sexually, but also intellectually, exploratively. And this can be for a short-term short relationship or this could be even potentially for marriage and children. Or maybe your romantic relationships are more around just non-sexual play 
There's many different tastes and variations that are possible in the romantic relationships, but to improve your life from a perspective of coming from being whole. So you approach romantic relationships not from a place of lack or from a place of needing, but rather from a place of exploration. And then the other person will clearly see that and they will also be more open and feel more free to the exploring process rather than trying to own each other, which leads to lots of frustration and anger and misery. And that plays into our next point, which is how to suffer less and experience more peace and joy. And so in the most relatable way to explain this would be to use your breath specifically to create more joy and peace for yourself. Because typically what happens is when we get angry or frustrated or anxious or depressed, if we simply break the chain of thinking between all those thoughts, which all we have to do is just go and remember to breathe, that can break the chain of suffering of angry, depressive thoughts. And then we just relax away those tensions and those depressive angry thoughts we relax them away and maybe we go out for a walk in the sun we listen to the birds chirp for a bit maybe we read one of our favorite books or we watch one of our favorite shows or we pass some time with a favorite friend but it's very important for us to become more and more sovereign in experiencing less suffering because those thought chains between angry and depressive thoughts if we don't become more sovereign and use the breath as a tool to do so to relax away the tensions typically what happens is we end up creating a butterfly effect of our anger and depression onto other people around us And so this also plays into this next point around how to feel more unity and oneness and create from there. And so when you look at the universe itself, you think about it as universe, as one song. And so when you think about it that way, you, you realize more and more that not only the earth is one earth with all of its planet, with all of its plants and animals and inhabitants humans there's one civilization here there's one galaxy there's one universe and when you do that process of one planet one galaxy one universe one creator one infinite unity one infinite oneness it feels so much more relaxing. You feel so much more at home on this planet because there's all of these other planets and there's all these other galaxies. There's all these other universes with their own explorations happening. 
But the one thing that you can keep coming back to is this very feeling from the heart space that is this oneness, that is this unity, that all the plants and animals and humans on this planet are one with each other. You can't even take an inhalation without the interdependence on phytoplankton and trees that are oxygenating the planet. So you're so intimately related, even through your breath, to this oneness and this unity. Similarly to your mother who gave birth to you and her mother who gave birth to her and her mother who gave birth to her. There's such a deep interconnected, interdependent unity and oneness among everything. And when you remember that, you create from there. So you create from a place of stewardship or a place of shepherding, a place of love, a place of unity. That's where you create from, from harmony. So rather than from a place of lack or from a place of unworthiness or from a place of separation or from a place of ego, instead you come from a place of oneness, from a place of unity, from a place of love, from a place of harmony. And you know it experientially in your heart that that's the case across all planets, across all galaxies, across all universes is an infinite oneness. And that this planet is one exploration of that. And so we share our being, we share our existence. And that's so important to feel because it decreases suffering, it decreases anxiety, it decreases depression, and it increases peace, it increases joy, it increases planetary prosperity. Very, very important life improvement. And then just the incrementalness of opening new possibilities. So if, for example, you were wondering, okay, if I'm going between this chain of thinking, just to be able to catch yourself one time with breath and to relax away the tension of that thought that was causing suffering, to relax it away. One incremental improvement like that opens so much possibility and be proud of yourself. One little improvement like that is big time. For example, if you didn't necessarily know what your North Star or your what you were blueprinted for, what felt like your calling, just even opening up a note and writing down five or ten possibilities of what you feel like your North Star is, is a huge improvement. This is one incremental improvement that opens up so much possibility because guess what the next day when you open up that note with the five or ten ideas of what your north star might be you'll feel maybe a little bit more interest in one or two of them and you'll start researching on what those one or two options are and so you see how daily incrementally you open up new possibilities but it requires this process of unfreezing what is your will unfreezing what has been this stagnant or the static perpetuation of what has been running for a while as your scripts 
And so to unfreeze your will to these new possibilities through simple, daily, incremental improvements is so important. And I love you so much. You're already whole. You're already perfect. You're already divine as you are. And so tune in. What might be these ways that I would improve my life? What might be these softwares that I might begin using that might make my use of technology more impactful and more frictionless? What might be a good way for me to surround myself with people that have more of a growth mindset? What might be a good way for me to go to a local meetup in one of the fields that I'm interested in? And you see how these things compound on each other. And so more and more possibilities end up opening up over time. So it's very, very important to have a more clear understanding of knowing yourself. How are you playing the game of life? And how can you improve the way that you play the game of life? This has been some simple, relatable, mainstream life improvements, productivity hacks, ways of seeing things, and just incrementally improve yourself daily. And you'll see possibilities open up of more peace, of more joy, of more actualization, of more unity, of more oneness. And you'll feel so much better. And we'll all prosper more harmoniously. I love you so much. Let me know how this resonated in the comments below and how I can serve you, how I can help you. Like the video, it helps the algorithm. We'll get it out to more people. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Share the video with other people that you feel like this list and exploration would help with. That's all. I love you. Thank you. And I hope this serves you so well. Go get it. Much love.